Good afternoon, everybody out there at Internet Radio Land. This is Blake Ruby. Welcome to my show, Church of the Soul's Evolution, the Reverend Blake Ruby. How have you all been? I have been okay this last week, and I'm looking over in the distance at the sun setting, and I'm comparing it in my mind to the way it was last Saturday at 6 p.m., one week ago. And it is a little bit further up in the sky. Isn't that amazing how our planet is revolving around the sun, rotating on its axis, and it is such a perfect process. No glitches. No problems. No mistakes. Like better, better than the finest clockwork here on Earth. You know? It's amazing. I love it. No need to be frightened about it. It's just we're on a ride. And there's nothing to do but enjoy it, you know? Well, in my show, in case you're tuning in for the first time, I talk about spiritual matters, spiritual subjects. And while I'm speaking right now, in our living room, there's a TV on with all kinds of violence. One of many channels that will give you your favorite kind of violence. People swearing. Tough guys, you know. But is that what we really want? All that violence? Does that breed the real violence? Does that fantasy violence breed real violence? Or maybe you're just the kind of person that wants to life to be over with, you know, it's too overwhelming in the world. It's not a good thing to think that every day is not a gift, you know, it's a blessing to be alive. How many people have almost died? By a show of hands, I can't tell, obviously, but in a radio show, but I have, and it makes me grateful to be alive. And when I see the violence on TVs, violence in the movies, I understand, part of me understands, you know, that it's just acting, actors acting, making money, it's a job. But that fantasy violence is nothing compared to the real violence that goes on, the active shooters, the wars, the wars that we've had in our past. I think we've taken a long turn. What about you? So with my show, I talk about the opposite of violence. In your faith, kind of, so to speak, spirituality. I talk about, hey, hey, no barking. We've got one of our dogs outside in the backyard. She's uh, one of her nicknames that I call her, besides Ninja Dog, is Barkaton. She barked, so I had to go get her in last night at about after midnight. She's out in the backyard barking away because there's coyotes behind our backyard. And they sound off. 
it might just sound off any time now because as soon as the sun starts to go down, they're out there hunting for food. Any little dog or a cat that strays into their territory back there, plus any of the natural life like rabbits, squirrels, raccoons, you know, life like that, that's fair game for them. And in all fairness to the coyotes, and I don't know how many packs are back there, but when I hear them start yelping and yapping and howling, it sounds like there's at least 10 of them. And there might be more, like I said, more than one pack out there anyway. So what I talk about is spirituality, it's positivity. What you see on television, all those shows, and I am guilty sometimes for watching them. But I do like the actors, you know. I'd like to see how tough they are, you know, how they relate to people. But usually their language is interspersed with quite a lot of swear words, profanity, and... That's along the same vein as negativity, death, destruction, swearing. I mean, if you hit your thumb with a hammer, I can understand, even though I don't do it. I control myself, believe it or not. I might say dang, but I don't use a, a proper swear word. So what I'm going to talk about today is heaven. Heaven is the sun. the world on fire. And we don't notice it too much, you know. It's indigenous. We're indigenous to this solar system in our sun. Our spirits and souls are made of light energy. And so we're born on the sun. It might not be this sun. It could be another sun elsewhere in the universe. This is a very large place. Very, very, very large. When you go up, when you go outside and look up at the stars the next time, think about each sun, each star, which is a sun, being a separate solar system. And in our Milky Way galaxy, they say there's about at least a million. According to my best estimates, there are approximately a million suns in the Milky Way galaxy, at least. But I'm not prone to exaggeration like some scientists and astronomers are because I just don't trust them. I don't trust some people to provide me accurate details, the truth about what's going on. Because I think I'm smarter than they are. Maybe not necessarily smarter, but more evolved. And they tell you that, they will tell you that Earth is 4.5 billion years old. No, it isn't. According to what I have learned, what I have read about, it's approximately 2 million years old, and that is a huge amount of time. Anyway, okay? So don't be fooled by the exaggerations of some people who 
they will, you know, if you don't conform to their thinking, if you're a fellow astronomer or scientist, it's uh, kind of a cutthroat business, you know. Cutthroat occupation, I should say. They are people, and people are not perfect. They make mistakes being human beings. They don't know the truth. None of us know all the truth. I, I refer to that song that I mentioned last week by Genesis back in the 80s, Land of Confusion. Too many people making too many problems, but not enough love to go around. Don't you know this is a land of confusion? Well, we are evolving in a slow process, very slow process. We've come a long way over the years, but there's so much more to learn. There's so much more truth to be revealed. Just like Jesus, when he showed up on the scene all those years ago, and he had convinced the people back then that Moses' law was not the truth. So it is with us. And so it is with back then, so it was with Copernicus, when he had to convince the human beings who were living back then that no, the earth is not at the center of the solar system and the universe and everything revolves around it. The earth revolves around our sun. Our sun revolves around the center of the Milky Way galaxy and the Milky Way galaxy revolves around the center of the universe. And they thought human beings that lived on this planet just like you and I are right now, before, all those years ago, thought the world was flat. So you know what? Truth has yet to be found in many areas of study to include science and astronomy. Now, they've got some pretty good ideas, and I know a lot of these people have degrees, but that doesn't necessarily mean automatically that they're right and they're telling you the truth. Do you follow me? You walk alone in this life and you find things for yourself. That is what I think is the best way to go. You take what you want, you believe it or not, you piece it together in your own reality system like a jigsaw puzzle and you come up with your, your own truth. And naturally you want to have the real truth. So being... It's like that song by the police. We are spirits in the material world. Our spirits in the material world. How's that first verse go? It goes, there is no political solution to our troubled evolution. Have no faith in constitution. There is no bloody revolution. Back then, that's when they, when they created the Constitution, there was a revolution going on. They had no idea how it would affect people two, three hundred years into the future. No idea. Just like we don't have an idea of what's going to happen two or three hundred years into the future, right? But I still have faith in the Constitution for the good work that the men that put it together did and that they were inspired by the Creator to create a land or to make a country where People could live in peace and happiness and accept all the diversity and 
have racial equality and ethnic equality. You know, they envisioned that because they were, having come from England, they were, what's the word? They were oppressed. They were under the rule of the King of England, and so they didn't have freedom. And that's why they came to the States. They have freedom. And that's why they eventually created the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence, and so on. So we are spirits in the material world. We have a spirit in our body called a spirit, called an astral body. And it's made of light energy. And where do you think is the source of light energy that is in our solar system? Good guess. Yeah. You will find out a spirit can live in the fire, okay? A spirit can live in fire. Whether it's the fire of hell down beneath the surface of the earth, in the core of the earth, in the lava bed there, and you know and what you've heard a lot of people down there and a lot of gnashing and wailing, gnashing of teeth and wailing, people who are serving their time, but there is no eternal damnation like that. No, because you are, I assume, a good mother or father. Would you condemn your child to an eternity of suffering and peace because they disobeyed, disobeyed you and made a mistake? No. Well, just think how much more loving a mother and father God um, and you know there's a mother God because Father God's a man and he wants a woman by his side. Who would deny him that right? Who would think that he wouldn't have a woman by his side? That kind of thinking is illogical. So my thoughts are, okay, there's life out there in the universe. They just haven't made contact with us. They're waiting to contact us to help us join the interplanetary community. Come on, computer. Doesn't that excite you to think that we could be a part of the interplanetary community? The intergalactic community? Wouldn't you want to meet those other extraterrestrials, see what they're about. They're very kind, they're very loving. You don't know that. They are very loving and they would be very helpful. They would make you feel at ease in their presence, I guarantee it. And you would just trip out on just how different they are than human beings. They're waiting for us to join, but they know that we're a very violent species with a history a history throughout the centuries of warfare. They've seen it. They've been observing our planet for many hundreds of years, my friends. And you know what? It's the intelligent thing to do. Do you pride yourself on your intelligence? Most people do, but they limit their intellectual capacity by saying the wrong things. Making contact with an extra trust extraterrestrial species is an intelligent thing to do because it will increase you. It will expand your awareness. It will expand your mind in ways that you can't imagine. You will like it. I guarantee it. I will like it. You will love it, actually. We'll all love it because these beings are cool. 
they are cool, I'm telling you, and they're super smart. And to be in their presence would be a very growth-filled experience, if you know what I mean, yeah? Being in their presence would be a trip, so to speak, you know? I use that word because I call some people a trip. It means that they're, I like them, you know, they're cool. So in order to bridge that gap between belief and knowledge, because I don't have any evidence to give you as to why they're, well, I mean, that they are out there, that they do exist. The only evidence I can give you is logic. All this life here on planet Earth, over a million types of insects, over 30,000 types of fish in the oceans, seas, rivers, and lakes. Now I was just looking at planet Earth, the, the blue planet um, number two, I think, can't remember exactly what it was called, but before the radio show, my radio show, I was watching this movie about life in the oceans. This octopus grabbed this crab and was eating this crab, and then some sharks were after the octopus, and and then there was manta rays, and beautiful manta rays jumping out of the water. You know, maybe uh, three or four feet in size. And there are bigger ones than that. There's so many, so much life in the ocean, these rivers and lakes, all kinds of different creatures. I saw some today I hadn't seen before. I didn't know what they were, but they were very beautiful kinds of fish. Amazing. I think I only have like one, I only know about one tenth of what exists in the underwater, in the underwater dimension, you know. And then there's over 10,000 types of birds, over 10,000 types of reptiles, over 9,000 types of amphibians, over 5,000 types of mammals. Have you ever heard me say this before? If you listen to my show before, you have. I like it. That's one of the things I always will say in my show because I really want to make contact with extraterrestrials before I die. How about you? So all that life, if it happened by accident, Logically, it could happen by accident elsewhere in the universe on another planet. And don't tell me there aren't any other planets out there because we've already discovered 4,900 of them in 3,600 solar systems, okay? It could happen here by accident. It could happen anywhere in the universe by accident. That's logical. Come on. So that proves that there's life out there. But if you're like me and you believe in the Supreme Creator who initiated the Big Bang then you know that creator has the power, the magical power, to, if the creator has that magical power to create all this life on earth, and the knowledge, the omniscience, and the omnipotence, then logically that creator could create any type of life, any type of life anywhere, anywhere in the universe. That's logical, too. And if you disagree with that, well, you're just a young soul. You don't know any better. You might not learn. I suggest you do before you pass away into these spirit lands where all of us are going one day, hopefully, far 
into the future, although it could be tomorrow. And then, from what I hear, people get there and they're so disappointed they didn't know better and there's so much remorse and regret. And you think you're smart. Some people think they're so smart. Well, there's there's a lot more to learn, my friends. Don't mean to burst your bubble. The learning never stops, okay? Reminds me of that song by Neil Young called Old Man. Old man, look at my life. I'm a lot like you were. Oh man, look at my life. I'm a lot like you were. Oh man, look at my life. 24 and there's so much more. I live alone in a paradise that makes me think about two. Trying to find my Love lost such a cost. Give me things that don't get lost. Like a coin that won't get tossed. Gold and old to you. Oh man, take a look at my life. I'm a lot like you. I need someone to love me the whole day through. Ah, one look in my eyes, and you can tell that's true. Anyway, so I figure one way to bridge that gap between belief and knowledge, to help us to make contact with extraterrestrials, because I don't want you ruining it for me. Just because you don't want to doesn't mean I can. You know what I'm saying? I want to make contact with extraterrestrials. I think they're out there listening to my radio show right now. But... They don't want to get shot at, you know. There's some people that have the mentality, like with the January 6th, what do they call it, insurrection? That kind of lawlessness. People that would beat up on police officers, those really good, I mean, most of the police officers, not all of them, there's a few bad outlaws, but most of them are decent people who are who respond to all kinds of Trouble, domestic fights, missions, traffic accidents, cleaning people off the pavement, you know, dead bodies, people screaming, stopping blood flowing, people getting into fights, people getting shot. Police have a very difficult job to do. And they deserve our respect. I realized that back in June when I Needed to, when we needed a policeman to show up because my wife was in a car accident and we waited a while and I was thinking to myself, you know what? We need the police. We really do. And they're usually good people. So why did they deserve, did they really deserve to get beaten up and, and overrun and trampled by those rowdy people? I mean, those, those were lawless, outlaws, violent people doing that wrong thing, you know, breaking into the Capitol building, responsible for getting some people killed. How could you support them, you know? It's just a lack of intelligence to realize just how valuable people that 
want to help us are and come to our aid in times of trouble, to disregard that, then you're just either a young soul. I see those, and they are a young soul. They don't know any better. They're lacking in intellectual capacity. Although they think they are smart, but they're not, for the most part. Now, with all due respect, you know, I realize that every human being is worthy of dignity and respect. And you know what I talk about in my show. I, I say that we're all co-creator gods in the making. But when you are unkind to your fellow man, it's going to come back on you. That's karma. You ever heard of karma? Karmic death. Any harm that you put on someone else is going to come back to you. I guarantee it. That's the truth. Hopefully, anyone who's listening to my show right now is going to be intelligent type. But if you... Let me rephrase that. Anybody who's listening to my show is willing to learn and to grow intellectually to expand their mind. That's what I talked about. So what I was going to say was, in order to bridge that gap between belief and knowledge, to make the extraterrestrials, to make them come to us, or to help people realize that they do exist, I'm going to read from this book about heaven. Ah, there's no better way to bridge the gap than to give people a good dose of heaven, what heaven is really like, so that they can understand about extraterrestrials better. How do you like that for the rationale, sound rationale? This book I'm going to read from is called Paradise, the Holy City, and the Glory of the Throne. I guarantee you, take it from me. I've read a lot of books about heaven, the place we're going to one day. So always good to prepare yourself. You know, that's a must. And this book, you won't find a better book. It paints a really good picture of what to expect. That place you came from, you just can't remember because that's part of the, the thing we go through when coming into this world. When we're born into this world, we forget our pre-existence in the spirit lands in the land of light, the world of light, heaven, the sun. You were there. You were born on the sun. Maybe not this sun, maybe another sun in another solar system, in another galaxy, possibly. If you're a mystic traveler, a soul that goes around and helps younger souls evolve, traveling around the universe, being born on planets of a lower evolutionary category, even though you're of a higher evolutionary, your soul is of a higher evolutionary category, then you are what Sylvia Brown, the great and late mystic psychic medium, used to call a mystic traveler, traveling around the universe, even though they could evolve, they could evolve to a higher planet, a higher evolutionary category planet, they decide not to because they want to help people. Planet Earth is the lowest on the evolutionary scale. It's the number one. The highest is the number nine, which is like a veritable paradise. It's like 
heaven in the material world. I've talked about that before, but right now, give me a few seconds, I'm going to turn the light on here in my, my little man cave here in the patio, enclosed patio. Oh, what a better way to put the words out into the atmosphere. Words of what heaven is like. This is, I mean, it's a really, it's the best book. Paradise, the Holy City, and the Glory of the Throne. You please get that book, read it. But for now, this is the situation. This man, the author of the book, is called Joseph, excuse me, um, the Reverend Elwood Scott. Elwood Scott. He is visited by this spirit who is able to see and who dictates to him what it's like in heaven, so he transcribes it, and, and he keeps getting visited all these different nights. It's an amazing thing that happened. I don't know. That doesn't happen too often, I think. Not I've ever heard. Not that I've ever heard. I haven't heard of that before. But anyway, I think it has to be true because some of this knowledge. This information is very believable, in my opinion. So I'm going to share it with you. I like reading out loud, too. It's a good thing to do if you want to be a voice actor, which is one of my gifts, I believe, because I would read scriptures in churches in church. Actually, only one church. It's been a while because after COVID, we, we stopped doing that in the church I go to. But before that, I used to read the scriptures all the time in front of 200 people. And this book here, what I'm going to read to you is what heaven is like. It's really like, I believe, I know. So here goes. So this man named Bohemian, he... He finds himself in heaven, and you'll get to know him here as I read. And he's there, he's bewildered, you know, he's just come into the the boundaries of heaven. There's the city, which is different than the outskirts of heaven, but it's still a very beautiful place. It's just like Earth, only brighter, the colors are more intense, the matter is different. You know, spiritual matter is not physical matter. And by the way, all physical matter is made out of spiritual matter. It's like the sun. The sun is made of spiritual matter. You know, they say that we're all stardust. We're made out of material of suns, right? So here it is. It says, By this time we climbed the eastern bank, and we're approaching near to a multitude of happy spirits. Many of them turned toward me. The elder, he was with an elder, now said, You will feel yourself entirely at home with them. And after a brief word of introduction, he said with a pleasant smile, Goodbye, I will see you again. And he was gone. Among the very first I met was the spirit of a dear man, an old friend of mine in Norway, which is that area of the world where he came from, and whom I had known from since his childhood. I said farewell to him at a floor in Fort nearly four years ago 
and had not heard a word from him since, till I saw him among this multitude. We were soon face to face. He looked bewildered and in wonder. I said, truly, is this you, Mr. Hanson, the friend of my youth? Oh, indeed. And is this the face of Seneca Saudi? That's the, the spirit who um, transcribed all this information to the Reverend Elwood Scott. And with that, we clasped each other in our arms as redeemed souls only can. I was not looking for you now, I said to him. You looked so well and strong when I saw you last. Oh, yes, indeed. But I am here, and nothing could induce me to go back. He asked me, how long since you came to heaven, in other words? I was just proceeding to answer him with another step nearer to us whom I had known so well for many years. She was a noble Christian woman and a faithful servant of Christ in this vineyard on earth who had turned many to the Lord, which is a good thing to do. It will earn you a lot of brownie points, so to speak, when you get to heaven, if you know what I mean. I had not heard of her departure from the earth, but here she was such a halo of light about her head that at once I thought of the words of the Lord. They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. So there you go, like I've said before, we're here to increase the light of our souls on earth. We're born into this world with a a different wattage of light, so to speak. And the objective, my friends, is to increase your light over the course of your lifetime. And when you pass away someday in the future, then your light of your soul will be brighter than it was before you were born. How about this? Got it? Don't forget that, please. Continuing on. I looked across the river once I had just come and saw quite a number gathering about the trees, and could hear them most distinctly shouting, Bless the Lord, O oh my soul! I saw others gathering from various points, all of whom seemed to have escorts or ministering spirits to guide them in their first introduction into the heavenly country. I thought again of that precious word of God, carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. Abraham's joy has certainly come now, I whispered to myself. Then I modestly and reluctantly asked, Is Abraham anywhere about here? And referred to that scripture just quoted. Oh, they said, he was just here just a little while before you came, but was suddenly called into the city on some important errand. For everyone here is engaged in joyous service for our Lord. No doubt he will be here again soon, as he or some one of the elders or ancients always guides these gathering hosts to the gates of the city. I seem now to be conscious that we were somewhat near one of the great entrances or gateways into the heavenly world, where all the souls from certain sections of the earth are brought and welcomed. Hey, how about that? True. From the very moment of my departure from the body, there was a constant and mighty drawing of my soul upward toward the throne of God. It seemed scarcely possible for me to remain upon the earth 
even to take one last look at terrestrial things, for I knew I had passed beyond the limits of time into a boundless eternity. I wondered deeply why I felt that strange feeling and tendency to bound upward, and so I felt a freedom to ask one near me if he could give me an explanation. Oh, said he, we all felt just the same. It is the law of spiritual gravitation which draws all beings which have been purified and made holy to this great kingdom where God is. No doubt you have often felt something of it while yet in the flesh. Sometimes you inwardly sighed and long to be freed from your mortal flesh. The drawings of this gravitation were such that during sickness or sore trouble, you have often said, Oh, that I had the wings of a dove, then I would fly away and be at rest. It was that which made St. Paul say, as you will no doubt remember, it were better for me to depart and be with Christ. Philippians 123. Ah, yes, I replied. I see that now. But it is not the case, I am sure, with all souls when they leave the body without any regard to their moral or spiritual state. Oh, no, said my friend. There are two great centers in the spiritual universe of God. They might be compared to the two poles of a magnet, with which, no doubt, you were acquainted while in your probationary state, the positive and the negative. All souls are drawn toward one of these two places according to their respective conditions. God's throne is the great center of his everlasting kingdom of light. Toward it, all gracious spirits who are blood-washed are drawn from the time they accept Christ and were born of him with more or less conscious power according as they yielded themselves to his holy will and were transformed into his blessed image. Well, I kind of agree with that, my friends, but not entirely. I am what I considered born again. I was born again back in 1988. I like to say that, but blood-washed, I don't believe that Jesus died for our sins. Because, for one thing, Jesus came back to life. He was resurrected, so... How does that then put that theory in play, so to speak? So how then can you say that Jesus died for our sins and, and yet you still believe in the resurrection? Well, he came back to life almost immediately, three days later. So then you have Jesus alive, walking around, resurrected, but you just said he died for our sins. I think the problem is that some people don't believe in the resurrection. Also, if you need forgiveness, you can pray directly to the creator of your soul and your spirit, your mother and father God in heaven. You don't need an intermediary. Jesus is an example of a very advanced soul who came to earth to help save it. He, you can call him a son of God. I am a son of God. My wife is a daughter of God. We are all children of God. If you think otherwise, you're wrong. Period. 
Continuing on. God's throne. I understand fully. I had to start again. I understand fully what you mean, I replied. I know something of it while in my earthly life and have often spoken of it to those around me. But will you tell me in a word more about those who choose a sinful life in the world? Just the opposite, he replied. They are drawn with a mighty force downward toward the pit of eternal death. I don't believe in eternal death, no. It's temporary, it's God's jail. If there is no such thing as eternal damnation, I just talked about that earlier, so let's get that. I explained it. Where death shall always reign, yes. People do go there, but they are forgiven eventually. Our God is a loving God and a forgiving God. Our mother and father God are forgiving, but you have to pay the price for your mistake. That's universal law. One of our dogs has just come in. Hold on. Let me give it. I had to let the dog in. Just at this moment, I saw one coming towards me who I recognized as my old grandfather, who had been gone from the earth for more than 30 years. He was a very faithful servant of God during his lifetime on earth. He was old and gray when he left us. But here he was in the beauty and vigor of manhood. How about that, my friend? When we get to heaven, we're going to be in the age 30 mold. And you're going to look beautiful, and you're going to look healthy and strong. Oh, Seneca, he said, you are home at last. Yes, that is our home. Earth is not our home, my friends. Earth is not our home. Okay? Don't you hear the call of the soul? Indeed, I said, as I clasped them in my arms, embracing each other with a love kiss earth never knew. His words of welcome were so heavenly. We both shouted out, Bless the Lord, O oh my soul! He asked many questions about relatives and friends. The condition of the church where he used to worship. How long since I left the earth, etc. But I soon found that his questions were more like the queries of one of the elders of heaven. When he asked the beloved disciple in Patmos. What are these that are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? Revelation 7.13. You're going to wear a robe. Or a gown when you get to heaven, depending on your level of spiritual development, my friend. So it would behoove you to develop yourself spiritually as much as possible so that you can have a beautiful gown or a beautiful robe when you get there, okay? The elder knew better than John himself. I soon discovered his superior knowledge, even of terrestrial things, which had transpired long since his day on the earth. I remembered then, oh, how forcibly, that in the blessed book it says that the angel which talked to John while in Patmos said, I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book. Revelation 22.9. I said to him, how is it you know so much about the things of the world 
since you left it. Oh, said he, we have great liberty here in the vast domain of this great kingdom of Almighty God. Many have come since I entered the portals of heaven, whom you know well. We have had many long and precious visits. They have told me much. I trust that in due time we can have such a visit. I replied, for I am so glad to have met you. Indeed we will, said Grandfather, but yonder comes Abraham, and I want you to meet him. Sure, I shall be gladdened beyond my power to tell you, for I have read and heard of him all my life. Oh, my soul, so many wonderful favors are shown me. Chapter 5 Are you sure it was Abraham you saw? I asked my grandfather. Oh, indeed, I know him well. Then, I replied, I shall be quite glad to see him, for as you know, his name was a household word among us on earth. Will you please tell me where he is, for there are so many saints in shining garments coming and going. Saints in shining garments coming and going. Remember that, please. I was asking about him just before I met you. I used to worry very much, wonder very much, what kind of looking man he was and have often thought I would be delighted, be delighted to see him. I have greatly admired his faith that never staggered, and his obedience to go where his eye could not see. How precious to us were the words concerning him. Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Romans 4.3 I do not see him at present, said Grandfather, but he was among that group yonder and is coming along the bank of the river. He has turned his course from us just for a little while, for I see he has gone to welcome a company of new arrivals who have just crossed the river. I see by his movements he intends to conduct this company to the city where they will be introduced to the Lord himself. But, Grandfather, if we go on to the city presently, will I see you again? Oh, yes, said he. I shall be there quite often, and we shall have much opportunity of talking on all past events, as well as what is before you. I have many things I wish to say to you. After you have been recognized by our Lord Jesus and confessed before his Father and the angels, yes, there are lots of angels in heaven, my friends. You will remember when you get there. You will then have abundant liberty to go as you will. I have just come from the throne itself. And have left many that you will recognize when you are there. Your dear mother, who has been gone from you for more than 50 years, is aware that you have entered the portals of the heavenly kingdom. She would have come with me at this time, for she is very anxious to see you but she was detained on some very important matters for her Lord. Yes, there are some very important missions going on in heaven, believe it or not. No doubt she will meet you ere you arrive at the city gate. But just now I must hasten on, for there is an old friend with whom I was a playmate on earth who has just arrived. We were bound together like David and Jonathan, when I left the earthly shores, he took it very hard, and now for many years 
He has been very lonely. He has just been carried by the angels into this our glory, and I'm going now to give him my welcome and bring him to this great company. There is an unusual stir about the throne today, which Abraham can explain when you meet him. He will introduce himself when he comes. I hope to return in time to go with you up to the city. And waving his hand, he said goodbye. I watched my old grandfather, as we used to call him on earth. He walked off gracefully, or rather bounding like a young man. He used to be old and decrepit, but now his youth is renewed like the eagles, and every expression of his face was joy. Remember that, please. At this moment, I turned around, and to my great joy, a most lovely person was coming very near me. He bore marks of great age, and yet for all that, he had an indescribable youthful appearance. He was not like the other spirits that I was accustomed to seeing. The elder that I first met and he were very much alike. Is this Abraham, I said? It is, he replied. In the bosom of Abraham, Luke 16:22, I said softly and began to bow myself down before him for a certain feeling of awe filled my soul. Stand up, my son, he said. We are all brethren here. Then he clasped my hand in his, and with his other drew me close to him and gave me his kiss of welcome. Oh, such a freshness of love and joy which burst upon my soul, so that I fairly shouted, Hallelujah, and said again in the bosom of Abraham, Dost thou remember that scripture, he said? Well, thou wilt realize its meaning more and more. But who is this by thy side? Bohemian, I replied, who also just come from the world. He then gave his cordial welcome and said, The great joy and gladness which you now feel has been mine during a hundred generations of earthly life. Someday I trust I can introduce you to Lazarus, of whom it was said by our Lord, he was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. I see, said he, you have just arrived and have much wonder and many questions to ask about this heavenly kingdom of our Lord. While we talk for a few moments, let us be refreshed with a drink from this crystal river, for it flows from the great palace up at the throne. Would you like to taste this water? Oh, indeed. We would. I have sung hymns and read in the Holy Scriptures concerning this very river, where the angel pointed it out to John, who in his vision saw it proceeding out of the throne of God and the Lamb. Revelation 22.1 He now proceeded to the brink, and with a golden goblet, he dipped and filled the cup for me and another for Bohemian and said, My sons, drink of this river, and you shall never thirst again, nor be faint, nor weary, for its lack, for its waters shall never fail. As I drank from the cup, I said, Oh, praise God for such a supply. 
so sweet to the taste. How full of invigorating power. It makes me feel the joy and glow of youth. Never can feel old or weary again at the drinking of this living water, said Abraham. For it is the water of life. I just now gave a drink to a company of fresh arrivals before coming to you. Did you not hear them praising God? They, with that great group near them, are now learning to sing together, in which you will join them, the song of which we will all sing at the city gate shortly. Yes, we're going to be singing in heaven, my friends. It's part of the praise. Some of them have it quite well now, and others knew it when they came. For it is contained in the Holy Scriptures on earth. God has revealed the order so that all might be familiar with it. Do you remember the song? Please repeat it for me, I said, that I may know which song you mean. He replied, John was caught up in the spirit. So he heard the strains of this music and wrote, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. And God from the throne said, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard it as it were the voice of a great multitude and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Hallelujah, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. Revelation 19, 1, 5, 6, and 7. Oh, yes, I replied. I remember that song so well, and can join with them singing it now, I said. Father Abraham, shall we not soon go on to his throne? I have such a desire to see my Lord Jesus. I have loved him these 60 seconds, my friends. I hope you enjoyed that. I'm going to read some more later on, maybe next week. Thank you for listening to my show. I pray that the creator of the universe will bless us all, everybody, and help us in any way we need it. Creator of the universe, bless us all, everybody, help us in any way we need it. Thank you for another day of life. We love you. Thank you. That's all, my friends. I'll talk to you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.